insight and awareness spiritual explorer, soul intuitive, emotional and spiritual mentor and award-winning author, Lorraine Nylon. Welcome explorers to the Insight and Awareness Spiritual Explorers podcast. I'm your host, Lorraine Nylon, and I have the absolute pleasure of having Scott Allen here today, who is a best-selling author of Bail Big, Relaunch Your Life, and Do the Hard Thing First, which is an interesting title. Um, I really like that title. And you, I believe you have a relenting passion for teaching and building critical life skills and inspiring people around the world to take charge of their own lives. So I'm very interested to hear how we do that. Thanks for being here, Scott. All right. Well, um, I think I would start with the first thing is taking total responsibility for everything, not everything that happens to you, but everything that you have uh, within your, um, you know, I guess like within your own life, you have to look at the things that you can actually control and the things that you can't control. So I have a list of those things that I make and I realize like a lot of the things that are actually happening around me, maybe I cannot control uh, who's, uh, you know, manipulating those situations or who's doing what. I can only control my own um, reaction to the situation, right? Um, yeah. So that's part of what that means, just being able to, you know, take control of your life, make decisions that are ideally moving you towards your goals. And um, being able to uh, structure your time, structure your day, um, and to uh, you know determine what are the action steps that I need to be taking in order to you know move me towards you know like the place that I want to get to, which would be you know people call it your destination. Other people would refer to it as uh, you know well, I guess it's your goals. Like what is it that you want to achieve? Part of that is really just uh, you know. I think if I can boil this down to um, knowing what you want um, yeah. and then knowing uh, what you have to do to get it and then just go after it. And when you go after it, you have to have a plan to, uh, you know, it's, it's a one, two, three step plan, whatever it is. You just have to be able to follow the steps so that you can move forward because at the end of the day, I think progress is the name of the game. So, Yeah, I would say moving forward. You know what I mean? As long as you're moving forward, even if it's at, at um, snail pace, but you can see that you are, it, it keeps encouraging you. And I like what you say about scheduling because I find when I try to be the, you know, if you call it the free spirit, which is just another name for unorganised, um, you actually lose more time. So you're not giving yourself freedom, whereas sometimes when you've got a structure, um, and you allow yourself to follow it, it actually gives you more freedom at the end. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, yeah. And I think it's, uh, you know, it's it's okay to be, we, we want to be moving forward, um, but you do have to check every now and then if you're actually moving uh, in the right direction, you know, and we don't always, we're not always going in the right direction. I mean, uh, and again, to define what that would mean, like, Moving in the right direction is again moving towards something that I really want, you know, not just for myself, but something that is, uh, yeah, something that I really want, but it's something that's um, uh, going to help the world, benefit the world, you know. It's uh, not just for myself, but it's for, you know, my loved ones, people that are, you know, I guess uh, invested in whatever it is that I have to deliver. So, 
Yeah. And and so some of our hardest things to do is to break those self-defeated cycles that we can start off with a lot of enthusiasm and then if we don't get the results we want or if our you know little mind chatter starts kicking off that you're not good enough, how do we get in there and break those self-defeated cycles that we've, you know, based, I haven't met anyone that hasn't got some form of that. Hmm. That's a great question and a great topic because we, everybody, you know, has a self-defeating behavior, whether it's one or 20 or, you know, um, what's important is that, uh, first of all, recognizing that, um, it's okay to have that because we all do, you know, uh, I'll share like some of mine are like chronic procrastination, disorganization, um, could be, you know, wasting time doing things that, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of different self-defeating behaviors. There's addictions and then there's, you know, there's a lot of them anyway. But, uh, I guess if we were to drill this down into, uh, bad habits, you know, habits really are the key. And, um, we all have those. And again, it, it comes down to like how you, how do you define a bad habit, right? Um, I think a bad habit is anything that just pulls you away from your mission, pulls you away from your being happy, pulls you away from your goals, right? You know, the bad habit is there to, uh, yeah, pulls you off course and you end up wasting time and resources. So again, it's only a problem if it's a problem. And, uh, you know, if, um, give an example, like if, uh, I don't know, my, my goal is to become, um, I guess, uh, let's see, financially free, for example. And my bad habit is to spend all my money every month on Amazon and, and just to like buy a bunch of stuff I don't know. Well, obviously my habit is not going to take me towards my goal. So it's just a matter of defining what that bad habit is and then building in better habits. I know that's maybe beyond the scope of this call, but it's just defining what your self-defeating behavior is. And then, um, and I would really recommend not tackling this on your own. Again, I, you know, I've, um, I've, I have mentors and coaches, uh, you know, in the past and, uh, I've, you know, been through like cognitive behavioral therapy and all these things are, you know, you really have to learn how to defeat your self defeat because, um, you try to do it yourself. You're going to end up just yeah, frustrated, more broken and feeling like a failure after you have failed to overcome your self-defeating behavior, whatever that may be. So, um, yeah, because some, sometimes you can do the, you change the way you perform it, but it's the pattern still the same, if that makes sense. You know, you might not, you know, say, say you're addicted to watching I don't know, Netflix and then, and you change it to going to the gym, which, you know, you think's better, but if it becomes an addiction that is taking up your time and becoming, a, you know, becoming a problem. So sometimes I, you know, that's, you know, I've done that myself, you know, where you, mm. you, you get rid of one bad habit and you, you think you're moving forward, but you're actually adopting a new one. It takes mm. a little while to work it out. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, um, you know, I used to be an electrical engineer back in the day. And, uh, you know, when it came to, uh, I won't get into the whole, um, physics of electricity but uh, you know if you um cut off a circuit the power is still looking for a way to you know it's, it's going to be looking for that outlet right and the whether it's like a bad behavior um you know self-defeating behavior addiction whatever it may be you can cut it off 
And then if you don't do anything to replace it, it's going to be mm. looking for another source, you know? So yes, you can stop eating junk food and then, you know, the next day you're eating something that's just as bad. I mean, who knows? Or, yeah. you know, so you really need to, it's really a matter of like, not just like getting rid of the, 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 the habits. So I think my, you know, our, our bad habits, like mine for sure will always be there. They're very ingrained. I'm, I'm very aware of what most of them are. And some of them I probably haven't seen yet. Um, but it's just a matter of identifying what it is and, but also identifying why it's negatively impacting my life. Right. Yeah. And, and then going a step further, well, okay, well, it's negatively impacting my life because, you know, I'm not sleeping, I'm not eating right, whatever it may be. And, um, what is going to be the, um, the result if you don't change the habit, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and because I want to live a very fulfilling, uh, life and I want to just do everything that I can. I want to have like amazing energy every day. Like just knowing that, visualizing what that looks like. And then actually you have to experience it as well, right? So you have to visualize what you want. But then once you actually start to experience it, just get a taste of it, you're going to want more of it. And suddenly you're not going to want that, that bad habit that you were just so invested in suddenly, like, you know, that's going to be gone and you're going to be, you know, you would have like, um, ingrained like you you're you would have taken this good habit we call it a good habit but you know it's good good habit better behavior and now you're fully invested in this because you want more of that you know so it's really like you really do have to flip it around um no it's not why why do you think we're so um quick to go to our own negativity than actually encourage ourselves I think it's the path of least resistance, right? So for me, you know what? It's much better to eat. Um, it's much better to eat a bag of cookies and a, a head of lettuce, for example. Although the head of lettuce would probably be much healthier for me, but I'm going to get a lot of big sugar rush from the bag of cookies. And so ideally, like you put those two things in front of me, my path of least resistance is going to go for this. But uh, you know, my so-called common sense is actually you no. Know, like I know having the you know eating the vegetables is going to be better for me. I'll be able to live longer, have more energy. I'll feel great. Um, but that's just the thing. It's like and and part of the um the, the book you mentioned there, like doing the hard things first. That's part of what that whole concept is behind. Is like um, the book that book that first book actually. And there's going to be a series of those books. But the first book is actually on overcoming procrastination. But it's really about breaking down bad behaviors as well, because, uh, you know, we let's be honest, we don't always want to do the hard things first. We want to do the easy things first. And there's nothing wrong with doing the easy things if it means that you're making progress and getting some momentum going, because eventually that will lead to doing hard, hard things. But um, in a lot of cases, like, uh, you know, that just leads. If you are a procrastinator and I am, uh, I don't want to say by nature, a chronic procrastinator. It's really, it's, it's a, um, it's a habit and a behavior that I've, um, trained over the years. I've become very good at it. And I know, and we all procrastinate to a certain degree. Um, but, um, I wrote that book because I really had, to, I wrote it, maybe I wrote it for myself in the beginning, but as I did a lot of research into it, I started to get into the, the whole psychological, uh, behavior behind procrastination. It was really fascinating. Um, they getting into all the details, but, um, um, I realized like doing the hard things first is hard, which is why we resist it. And that's in the path of least resistance is to do the easy things. But if I do this one thing that uh, I've been putting off for, um, a week, a month, I've had things that I was putting off for years. And when I actually got down to doing it, 
it took like an hour to get it done or a day or whatever it was. But I expended more energy over the course of like months, just avoiding doing that one thing um, because of the fear that I had around actually doing it. So um, I kind of went off a little bit of that. Yeah. yeah. No, it's relevant because I always say that for people when they're dealing with their emotional baggage, the hardest part you've got is actually coming in there and deciding to because you've got all your defense mechanisms and your protective mechanisms and you know even procrastination and you're going to need to have all these stories to tell yourself you know it's going to be terrible and but as soon as you get in there and you start dealing with the issue once you've committed to that it it is a lot easier but it's just getting a getting you yourself to that point where you can be that at that level of honesty for yourself yeah so for sure we're pretty good at telling ourselves a few um, lies. You know, we, we, we talk ourselves in, we've got such a big narrative going on that sometimes we're actually talking ourselves out of the direction we actually want to go in, which is, yeah, yeah. doesn't make sense, does it? But we all do, we all have a go, we all have a turn. Why do you think we struggle to confront our fear of vulnerability and, and actually getting to that level of honesty that we, we, really is required if we want to move forward i think one thing is like um we've never really and and i'm saying this for like myself as well like we don't really take enough time to just sit down and be silent with ourselves you know and um, a habit that i've developed that's uh, i think one of the probably the the best 30 minutes of the day that i will spend is not looking at the phone Um, not flipping, you know, through TikTok, looking at the TV, you know, it's like, I mean, all those things are okay. Like, I'm not saying those things are bad either. No. Um, They're great. But um, I'll take 30 to 45 minutes a day, um, usually in the evening, where I would just um, sit in my chair or on the floor or something and just kind of look around and just feel the presence of myself in the space without having anything else, you know, again, there's no screens, even the lights are dim and it's uncomfortable, but that's a good thing because if it's uncomfortable, it means you should probably be doing more of it, right? (laughs) Within reason, depending what you're doing. But um, I think a lot of people like we are afraid to spend that time with ourselves because of what we might find out. But those things that you're afraid to find out, those are the things you actually want to know. You want to know those things. Like, you know, I start to have a, next thing you know, I started having um, ideas and really good thoughts. And, uh, you know, and, and next thing you know, I'm like writing things down. Like it's essentially a very creative uh, moment, but it's also very, um, I guess, peaceful, relaxing to um, be able to feel comfortable with yourself. And a lot of us are just, uh, you know, it's it's not like you're it's not like you're you know you're a bad person for not doing that. It's just that um you can make yourself um like um much greater than you are. And I believe like that's for everybody. You know, like I think we all want to feel fulfilled. We all want to um, get ourselves to a level of greatness, and that's that has a different meaning for everybody. Um, yeah. But one of the things that I was always afraid of was like just being by myself. You know, so. By doing this thing, I was also able to just identify um, things that I was avoiding, you know, and then um, running away from. And 
So I started to ask myself questions. Well, what if I actually did this thing tomorrow? And then I would make a commitment and say, I am going to do this thing tomorrow because I've got time between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. And I would show up and do it. And, uh, and suddenly it's like, wow, this wasn't as hard as I thought it was, you know, because I realized like there were things that I was putting off, which again is another, uh, we'll call that like a quote of bad behavior, a negative behavior, but that's a, a, a form of self-defeat is really just avoiding all these things about ourselves, about our behaviors, um, how we treat other people, communicate. Um, all these things are going to come to the surface when you actually just, uh, and I guess we could say this is actually meditation. It's a form of meditation too, but, um, you know, there's, um, a form of meditation I use is creative meditation where I actually sit and I, instead of like emptying my mind or full of thoughts, I actually fill my mind with thoughts and I visualize the kind of world that I want to create. Um, and, and uh, I can't speak for anybody else, but I've seen this in other people where, you know, when you visualize the kind of world that you want to create, you realize, uh, okay, wow, that looks really neat. I want that. And then you start to put a plan together to go and get it, you know. So I think um, my mentor, Tom Billius, said, like, you know, he visualizes the world that he wants to create. And then he just, he just, he gets up and goes after it, you know, so. And, and making it happen, like, that's the other part of it, you know. So anyway, that's kind of like, maybe that's a different topic, but that's the kind of uh, juice that really gets me, like, geared up, you know, like, just um, not staying stuck in the past because we all have a past yeah. and there's a, there's a lot back there and we've all had stuff happen and some people have had some horrific things happen to them. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, the question is like, okay, well, I have a past. Now what, you know, I mean, I can stay back there and, and stay back and stuck in resentment and thinking about all the things I wish I changed and the decisions I wish I hadn't made. Or you can just say, okay, what am I going to do today? And that's every day I ask myself that question. Okay. You know, what's, uh, what's my next step? You know, what's the next decision? What uh, action can I take that's going to move me forward? So. Yeah. So I, I teach um, a self-reflection workshop and and there's seven sort of essential keys, I call it, of, of honest self-reflection. And one of the things I say is know the difference between self-reflection and ruminating. And normally when we get into that past stuff, we start ruminating, we start telling the story. So, which is hard for some people to stop, and including myself. Sometimes I have a good old go at it. So what I try to explain to people is when you are doing it, go, okay, what is it that I wanted to learn from that? And when you give yourself the lesson, okay, I wish I'd done blah, blah, blah. All right, if I right, know that, put a line under it and go, okay, next time in a similar situation, I'm going to remember that tip so that I, that I have some sort of wisdom or knowledge coming from my past. Otherwise, you just jump on the merry-go-round and, you know, you just relive it. And you don't go any, you know, it just becomes this story that you run in your head every time you get a spare five minutes, which means it's not resolved yet. You haven't, you haven't got to a point where you've got over it. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love that the idea of just taking as little, as long or as little as you're comfortable with to take a minute to feel, feel yourself. And some people do it on the golf course, you know, like some people do it swimming. Some people, you know, they have that saying. So it's it's find your own way of how that works for you where you can yeah. be with no, yourself. No, that's interesting, yeah. 
Yeah. I actually do it in the gym. Yeah. Like one of the reasons I I go to the gym for a few reasons, of course, to stay in shape. But uh, the real reason I'm there is um, that's when I actually feel like, and and I used to put my headphones in and I just found that all distracting and people are like, other people are like looking at their phones and I just stopped doing all that. And um, I just go there and I feel like I just get my greatest inspiration or ideas when I'm exercising. Obviously, like there's uh, neurological, uh, those chemicals uh, that are being released at the time. And there's, uh, there's, uh, you know, other things happening behind the scenes. But um, uh, yeah, that's just another way where, like you said, you you could be swimming on the golf course, wherever it is, but you know, it's good to just be thinking about things. And I, I think that's very, um, it's, you can put yourself into a very meditative state without having to be still as well. You know, you can still be very yeah, active. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I think I like walking, you know what I mean, just walking. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's what I think the beauty of, like, books and things like that. You can go and read a paragraph or a chapter and, you know, go for a walk and actually contemplate what you've just read, you know, and, and pull it through your own your own filters so that you can go, oh, okay, yeah, that. This, this is why that particular part resonates with me. I get that. So you start to understand your own, what resonates with you. Mm. Because you know, a lot of time what we do, is, especially now, is that we jump on all these different judgments or trends and, you know, we think, oh, okay, that's what we're all supposed to be doing. So everyone runs over that way and then that peters out and then another trend comes along and everyone runs over that way. So you don't actually find yourself in that. You're just following the the herd basically so if you if you and i think it's through our our uniqueness and our independence and individuality that we that things change you know it starts in one place and then it then it can inspire other people Mm. Mm. whereas trends seem to take us away from ourselves sometimes Mm. Yeah. yeah Yeah, and sometimes you have to try new things, see what works, and um, that's I think that's what it's all about. Is just uh, you know, I mean, not being afraid to try things. I mean, there is fear in trying new things. I think, but uh, you try something new and see how it feels. It feels great. Keep doing it. Do more of it. You know, lean hard into it. Um, if you didn't have a good experience, uh, well, maybe you know, just uh, I don't know, stop doing it and try something else. But I think it's good to be trying new things just to. Have that new experience because that really to me like having a new experience of like i don't could be traveling or um you know trying a new sport whatever it may be um all of this just adds to the um i guess like the value of your life and for me like part of like lifestyle management is just um yeah making progress but you know, also identifying what that progress is like it's you know, there's um you know there's health which i think is number one is key you know and then mm-hmm. there's um career progress and, and doing the kind of work that you love to do. Of course, there's financial progress. Um, and so it depends on, you know, like building out those key pillars in your life. Um, and what I like to do is I'll do like, uh, I'll do like a wall chart, for example, and I'll have like help, um, I don't know, money, finance, things like that, uh, career, um, creativity. I'll just make a, a list of all these pillars and, you know, and then I'll, do a little mind map for each one to uh like for health it might be like you know i want to be i, I want to work out i want to swim and i'll make a list of all these things that i want to do and, and then you have to also identify uh, what is reasonable or possible because you can't do everything 
But um, it's true. knowing, yeah, knowing that um, I just want to keep uh, moving forward by trying as many things as I can, and eventually you'll, you know, you're going to find the things that you're really interested in, and then you can just bring that back and then, you know, lean really into the thing, the, maybe like the one thing that just makes you feel amazing. For me, I mean, yeah, it's always writing, but there's other things as well. So, um, Yeah, I think, and I think diversity is good. If you, if you find um, quite a few things that you enjoy and, and not deprive yourself of anything if it's not causing you harm. <laughs> sure, for sure. Put a, yeah. put a little clause in that one. So, because yeah. so, you're working with a lot of people, what are you seeing that people are struggling with the most now? Oh, it could be a number of things, but um, I had to pick one thing. I would say clarity. I think clarity is really powerful. Um, this is, uh, again, like having, so let's just say, for example, if I'm talking with someone or working with someone and we're working towards what their goals are um, and someone says, well, okay, my goal is to, um, I don't know, let's just say become wealthy. I'm just using that as an example, right? It's yeah. like, okay, well, what does that mean though? I mean, financially wealthy, there's like a different, you know, so let's just say this financial wealth. Okay, well, how much money do you need to be wealthy? So a lot of people like those to say, like, I want to be rich is a goal, but that's not actually a goal. It's a very vague wish at, at best, you know? So we really just start to break things down into like, like get very detailed into the clarity of what it means. Like you have to put a number to it. It has to be trackable. Um, and cause I work with a lot of people actually who want to sell like other authors who want to sell their books, for example. Right. And one of the goal, one of their goals is like, Oh, I want to sell like a lot of books, like, well, okay, well, how many books do you want to sell and where are you going to sell them? And we just read really into the details of what that looks like. So you need to be really specific and clear with what it is that you want. Otherwise, um, you'll just end up chasing wild rabbits all over the place and never really getting anything. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of getting more into like, um, the pursuit of goals and that kind of thing. But, um, what I find is that most people are just not clear on what they want. So they end up just, uh, kind of spinning their wheels. Um, they'll try something, they'll fail at it because you will fail at everything. I'll just, you know, it's not a question of, um, so that's another question I, people ask me is what happens if I fail? It's like, well, um, you will fail <laughs> just accept mm -hmm. it right now. The question is, what are you going to do when you do fail? You know? Yeah. Um, so we're kind of setting ourselves up for failure before we even start because the fear of failure is holding a lot of people back. When in fact, the reality is you're going to fail anyway, let's just get it over with. And that was where fail big. That's what fail big is all about. Is like, it's not how to avoid, you know, the, the book's not about how to avoid failure. The book is how to handle it. Not if it happens, when it happens, right? Yeah. Um, and so it's just, it's a mindset shift. And the other thing like that is um, a lot of people are, what, what they actually fail at is the mindset. Like mindset is key. I said clarity, but actually clarity comes from mindset, right? So having the right mindset and the right mindset is like your mindset has to be in, in alignment with, um, yes, everything that you want to pursue, but also has to be, um, set up so that uh, you know, you're able to um, look at something objectively and realize that uh, you know, if you're off track, you can actually see why you're off track. Um, yeah. But the other part of that is um, 
uh, you've probably heard this before that you are the, was it, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. And, and I think there's a lot of truth to that, right? But that doesn't mean like you're only going to spend time with those three, five, 10 people, but you yeah. do need to spend, um, you do need to invest, uh, I think, uh, a, a good portion of your energy into talking with those people. Even this could be like joining an online event. Like I joined Tony Robbins online event. I join every year. Um, I don't really talk to Tony one-on-one, -on -one, but I'm there mm -hmm. with a lot of other people that I think are all there for the same reason, because they want to become really amazing. And, and you know, Tony's the guy that's going to show us how to do this. And everybody's kind of like, like you're, you're there joining something um, that uh, is helping you to form a better mindset. And, and uh, we all need, uh, you know, we all need to um, take a look at our, our mindset. Cause it, and by the way, Mindsets. You know, you have you may have a mindset for like I have a very powerful mindset when it comes to um, I think productivity, for example, or um, like uh, self discipline. Um, I don't have a very good mindset when it comes to things like maybe say like money related matters. I realized like my mindset was really needed some more clearer direction, right? So I've been working harder on. Uh, taking that mindset and making it stronger. So you have different mindsets depending on what it is that you want to get good at, right? So. Yeah, well, that's interesting. So, and with how do people identify their actual mindset? You know what I mean? Like if we've got, because a lot of our patterns that we do, we're very unconscious to it. Exactly. You know, that's exactly yeah. it. Yes. So that's right. So. Um, let's say, so one of the things that I, I noticed and I noticed this in, in myself too, and I didn't really notice it myself until somebody actually pointed it out to me. Right. But I'm just, let's take, for example, the scarcity mindset. All right. Which we've all mm -hmm. experienced that. Right. Um, having a scarcity mindset actually like it holds you back in so many ways. Um, it stops you from moving forward. Of course, it uh, just keeps you scared, which is, you know, but, um, <laughs> I noticed it more in a lot of other people when I was actually able to notice it in myself. And then I started to correct it myself. And then I started to read more books about it. I started reading books about, uh, um, you know, what it means to have an abundant mindset. And then I wrote a book on actually gratitude was one of the books that I wrote about based on that. Um, but I didn't really notice it in other people until I noticed it myself. And then when I noticed it myself, I was like, I don't like this mindset. This actually isn't, the, you have to, first of all, recognize that you don't like it, right? Like, I don't want to um, be the kind of person who's always, you know, afraid to like, like, you know, hoarding things and holding onto things. And, um, and hey, if that's your thing, that's okay. But you have to consider if I were to move from scarcity mindset to an abundant mindset, what are the possibilities? And when I made that shift from one to the other, um, all I can tell you is like a lot more opportunities opened up. Um, I started feeling, uh, I wasn't scared to like, I don't know, um, invest in myself and, and do it, try new things. Um, but I also noticed the scarcity mindset was really like rampant. Like, like a lot of people yeah. are still kind of stuck in it. Now I didn't go up to them and say, Hey, you know, you've got a scarcity <laughs> mindset. I noticed that cause I was, I saw you from across the street. It's not like that, but, but um, I, I noticed it then, but then I start to think, well, okay, like how could I help people to overcome this? And that's when I start to think about creating a book on it and doing material and things like that. Like how could I teach this to people to, 
you know, so, and again, there's other, there's other mindsets that I myself, I, I know I need, I still need to correct. Um, yeah. but sometimes and, it's and like, so, and, I, yeah. oh, sorry. So it's, sometimes you can move forward and sometimes you'll slip back, but mm -hmm. you know, it's like bringing that awareness that you've gained, bring it back to that spot. And there might be a, a, something that you need to look at there. You know what I mean? That's the reason. Because a lot of the scarcity stuff is really about people fearing the unknown and fearing mm -hmm. the loss of the familiar, even if they don't like where they're at. So you're so I'm presuming your abundance mindset. Can you give us a little bit more of an explanation of that? Is that just freeing yourself to go, all right, what are you classing? What was what was a turning point for you? What what helped you move from one mindset to the other? Yeah, and that's a great point, by the way. Like you're right, it's it, it's totally fine to, to like you will slip back. Like there are times mm -hmm. when I'm like my scarcity mindset. It's not like it's 100 percent cured. It's not. It's uh, you know, maybe there's still 30, 40 percent of it kicking around, and and depending on what it is, like I I will still slip back into that on certain days where again, if like if my um uh you know if my um Cognitive tools are not all, all in alignment. Um, I'm probably having a bad day when my mindset is in a bad space. So, yeah. But for and the other models, oh, models, yeah, models. I like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, no, for me it would be like it's the difference, like um, opening up my fridge and seeing like you know I've got a I got I don't know uh, three fish in the fridge, three fishes. Anyway, I've got three fish in the fridge, and I'm just like. <laughs> Oh, I don't, I don't have that much to eat today. You know, the scarcity mindset would go like, what am I going to do for the rest of the week? But the abundant mm -hmm. part of me goes, wow, you know, like, you know, I think like there's a lot of, probably a lot of people out there who would like, first of all, they'd love to have a fridge, you know, um, even if it's empty. So what? I've got a fridge. So I kind of break it down into, it's not like how much you have. It's just being, yeah, it's being grateful for what you have, but um, also like visualizing, like, what would my life be like if I didn't have this thing? Right. You know? Um, and I even, I even break it down into, um, uh, it's not about having things either. It's about, uh, like, it's a, it's a, for me, it's being right. So like, wow, um, I have, I have air today. There's like clean air here and, oh, there's a, there's a tap over here that spews up pure water, like clean water, you know, and things like that. Things that we, we all take for granted, right? You know, yeah. Um, yeah. Too, but when I actually start to think about it, that's when I realize like, oh, instead of like. I've only got a hundred dollars in my wallet or ten dollars in my wallet. It's like, wow, that's that's uh ten dollars that could, you know, um what you know, what could I do with this money? And so uh, I really like to like pump myself up about it because um and, and I get it like, you know, there's a lot of people that are in real poverty, you know, and then mm. you know, I've seen a lot of people who have got great wealth. And sometimes the people who are in poverty, they seem to be um a little bit happier or more at peace with themselves than some of the people who had a lot more wealth. And and I think a lot of that is, um, well, it's not just accepting your conditions, but, um, you know, you don't, um, nobody wants to live in poverty. Yes. But we also don't need to have like all this stuff to feel abundant either. You know, no, so you gotta true. find, you gotta find that balance. Right. You know, yeah. oh, so actually it hurts. I heard something that was great. Um, what was it? Uh, just like, uh, let me think about what it was. Um, somebody had said that, uh, okay, uh, it goes something like this, like a healthy person is like always wanting more stuff, right? Like, or a healthy person's like, you know, they're, they've got, oh no, sorry, a, a healthy person has like a hundred goals and all these things that they want to go after, you know, and they're always pursuing this and that. 
um, a sick person only wants one thing, right? And if you were that sick person and you had to recover from cancer or recover from another illness, like that becomes your thing. Like if you were to recover from that, mm. everything else else after that is gravy, you know. And I mean, and I've I've talked with people who like a lot of cancer survivors and people who, um, you know, before they got sick, um, yeah, maybe they had financial wealth and they had like this and that, and they were never really you know satisfied. But after they got sick, they realized how. Nothing else mattered except getting better again. And I just always yeah. think of those stories like that. To me, that's like, that's where I think there's a, a very valuable lesson there. So, Yeah, I, I've got a close friend who lost a um, child and then, you know, fast forward 12 months later and that both her and her husband were losing their jobs and both becoming unemployed at the same time. And she was sitting there and she said, oh, I've had worse. And I, and I and I always think of that because it's like yeah like if that was me I'd be you know oh, you know work you know da 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 and then she's like no on the scale of things I've had worse so this isn't I'm not classing this as a big problem this is just a a speed bump and we'll see where we end up over the other side of it and I thought yeah that's a fair call so it's putting putting things in perspective and I think too sometimes what we do is we fixate too hard on what we class as successful. And we forget the process that, that you're in, you know, like, so like let yourself enjoy if you're an author, writing the book, if you're, um, you know, whatever your, your jam is really, it's like let yourself enjoy the process of it. Otherwise you, you know, you become about the future. You, you fixate on the future and then, you know, time moves quickly. So mm-hmm. you can turn mm-hmm. around and go, I don't know where that time went. So you might as well enjoy it while you've got it. <laughs> sure, sure. Something about that too, about success. Like I think it's so misconstrued about the the like what does what is success really? So I think a lot of us we visual we I don't know we have this uh, concept like this idea that success is a goal. And me too. Like I'm always like oh you know I can't wait to become successful. And, and then I I get to whatever success is i get there and i'm like i'm still saying the same thing oh i can't wait to become successful it seems like it's always this goal that we're pursuing but success is not a goal i know there's a lot of self-help books out there that say you know achieve your success or how to get success and i I may have written one or two myself i don't know but (laughs) i've come to to realize like it's not a goal it's it's just like for me you know what successful is waking up every morning and going oh i've got one more day like that really is like if you want to get down to simplicity of like the, the abundance mindset, that's it. Um, everything else that happens is great. You know, I've got one more day. I woke up and here we go. Um, and I can measure my success by, you know, I'll look at the day, just the one day. And at the end of the day, like when I spend that time by myself, I'm like, OK, well, what did I do today? Who did I help? Um, who helped me? And I'll go through this list of things, you know, like what could I have done better? Um, you know, were there any times of the day where I was angry and I just kind of look at my day and, and, you know, whether it was a, a successful day or not, it's like, I had one more day to do everything that I could. And, you know, with any luck, I might have another tomorrow. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the ultimate, like, you know, we see like, like the ultimate success blueprint for it. And those things are fine. Like, I mean, those, it's good to read those kinds of books or take those seminars or whatever, but I think you also have to. You know, define what success is because like you said time is um 
it is uh, your most valuable resource mm -hmm. that we all waste. I mean, me too. You know, it's uh, there are mm -hmm. times when I, you know, waste waste time. But I mean, um, you just have to look at it as if like, you know, if today is if, if this is it, if this is all I have, it's like, what am I, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with my time? You know? Um, yeah. And what, one of my quotes is, um, time is the most valuable thing I have, but it's also my most vulnerable mm. because I, I'm the one that can, you know, waste it as well. Sure. It's, it's, it's very interesting. So when you're thinking about when when you're redefining success, is part of enjoying life at the forefront for you? Yeah, I mean it's um, and I think it comes down to you know you have to ask yourself, well, what does it? So again, like I'm always questioning things, right? So what does it mean? What is like my definition of enjoying life? For some people, it's uh, for entrepreneurs, it could be working 14 to 16 hours a day um maybe they're and they're loving it and for them mm. that's enjoyment mm. um not really my thing i might put in eight <laughs> or ten hours a day you know i mean do i do have longer days but um yeah it's a really a, it's a balance i think yeah so one of the important things about success is to identify what you class as successful and then give yourself the privilege of deciding what works for you, even though sometimes I know we're, we're still stuck by the financial confines because we do, you know, finances give us freedom and that's just a reality that we all live with. But it's like don't forget that you're living your life is the important part. So I want to throw to the big question of what does humanity need to acknowledge and understand to evolve? So I have a few thoughts on that. And um, for a look at the big picture, and I think about this often, is like we have to realize like this planet that we live on, um, I think we're just, you know, we're just renting it. We're just here because, you know, Mother Nature or the planet, it's just, it's allowing us to live here, right? So we don't own it. I mean, no matter how much we try to control the weather or control this or that. Um, you know, first of all, recognizing that um, we're extremely vulnerable. I mean, there's yeah. very little that we can control with what goes on with, you know, our planet. And I know like there's global warming and there's all these things happening and, uh, you know, they're trying to figure out how to fix it. It's like we're not fixing anything. Um, if you look at the and I'm not an expert on the history of the world or anything, but if you look at the uh, world from like the last, you know, billion years or 100 million years or whatever it's like look at all the different stages that it's gone through in terms of like uh, like extinction you know so yeah for me i mean i not everybody wants to hear this but i mean i think like our humanity right now as it is it's not going to be the same humanity that's going to exist um in five thousand years or a thousand or ten thousand years you know maybe we're just the beginning of something and i and i'm i'm sure that we are something that is much greater that's going to be coming like 10, 20,000, 100,000 years later, who knows where it's going. But, you know, we have to recognize that. Um, and, um, and it's funny how arrogant we get that. Yeah. I love when you said, you know, we're just renting the planet. Mm. So it's funny how arrogant we are about what we do to, to yeah. our survival, really. Yeah. You know, without the planet, we're not here. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's like, yeah. uh, 
you know, now we, you know, all the countries are divided. We have borders and we have rules and systems and all this, and we're trying to protect our land. And in the end, none of it belongs to us. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know where to go from there, but it's just. No, no. <laughs> I don't, I have none of us know where to go. Right now, just make it a free, you know, like, like it's, it's not all going to be free land, but in the end, I mean, um, without us here, there wouldn't be any of that anyway. And there wasn't any of that way back in the day when, I don't know, dinosaurs ruled the earth and that kind of thing. But um, so that's kind of how I, I, I you know, I, I look at the globe, like globally. I mean, I just, I think that way. But obviously, like, um, you look at all the, the, all the conflict and the drama and all the problems that, and, you know, like I, I look at it and I think, well, how much of this are we actually just like creating? We're uh, we're in this matrix thing, and you know, people are like, if we can think mm-hmm. of it as a matrix, right? How much of it are we yeah. actually just creating of ourselves? You know, and we talk about global peace and all this, but I mean, the, the you know, humanity as it stands is just um, maybe uh, maybe it's it's true what was in like if you looked at Terminator Two. <laughs> And I think there was a line from that movie that I just loved. And I can't remember if it was um, Edward Furlong who had said it, but it, or if it was Schwarzenegger, but it was like, he's like, you know, you know, humanity was, was you're meant to destroy yourselves or something like that. And I hope that's not true. Mm. Um, but on the other hand, um, we're not doing a great job of like actually preventing it. Like, I mean, I'm sure we, I mean, like, you know, there's like, I think humanity or human beings in general um, are meant to be like, you know, designed to be, um, like express ourselves with love and we're supposed to be like self-loving and, 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 you know, I think we all have compassion and they're willing to not all of us, but, you know, the majority of people mm. have like compassion and they, you know, um, we all do things that we regret and things that we shouldn't have done. But for the most part, um, you know, we, we've got, uh, we have some pretty, you know, we have good souls and I think, um, yeah. self-awareness has got to be it's not it's just self-awareness of yeah like self but then it also it has to be uh it has to be a universal um movement as well so yeah you got everybody over here who's like self-aware and they're they're up on you know they're they're just they're um uh, you know, they, they've got everything, they've got their world together and they, they know what they want and they want to change things. And you've got this side over here who they still want to have conflict and they want to win more land and they want to take over. And, and so then, you know, you just end up in a war, I guess. So. Yeah. Well, I, I, I look at it too as um, just something you said sort of made me think is that look how internally messy we are. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like even when you, you know, um, when you are trying to be self-aware and self-reflective, you do, you know, you do see our own traits and we, you know, we're messy and then we go and communicate and try and have relationships with other people, which often becomes messy. Then, you know, if we, you know, country to country is just another type of relationship, which you know, we're watching and witnessing that become very, very messy. Although there's always been pockets of the world that has been messy. So it's like, I think part of the importance is becoming very aware that we have to take responsibility for ourselves and be responsible for being a global citizen for, you know, for the planet and the collective of humanity. That's how I look at it. It's like, so, you know, back to being honest with ourselves, which is easier said than done. 
Well, I think it's time to play Flip the Book. So um, you're happy to play along? Sure. So a little, little exercise. So I've got three books. So which book would you like, number one, two, or three? We'll go with the Scott, uh, third one. The third one? Okay. So Scott can't see them, but it's actually the Insight and Awareness book. And you, it's the big book. So you have um, one to 430 pages to pick from. So what number would you like? I'll take page 336. 336, which is actually a picture, so I'll have to get up. Uh, can you see that? I can. So that, yeah, so there's a, the, uh, there's a beam of consciousness coming down and there's a lady that's gripped onto it and she's either, she could be either climbing up it or being pulled up and it's got grace written on it. And the caption for it is, when you are truthfully honest, you are the instigator of your own rise with grace because it is you choosing to unify with with truth and to your soul's consciousness. Your truthful honesty and willingness to be responsible for yourself converts the unconscious vibration of your unresolved emotions into a conscious frequency. There you go. Another way of looking at self-responsibility, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually very nice. Yeah, so the rise with grace. So do you like when when you think of truth and unifying with truth, what kind of things do you comes to your mind? Um, when I think of truth, um, and that's a tough one because I, I catch myself daily um, Oh, like not telling lies to other people, but telling lies to myself. Like uh, it might be a story that I told to somebody and later I'll walk away going, actually, that's not how the story, that's not really how it happened. Like I realized I was twisting the facts, right? Maybe mm-hmm. that's what I want to believe. Yeah. So I think first of all, um, when it comes to truth, you you have to be aware of when you're not telling the truth as, as at all, like, or when you're not telling the truth and you know, we all exaggerate. I mean, I love to tell stories. And when I tell a story, I might exaggerate the story. But there are other stories that I tell people that, or I tell myself, where I actually mm-hmm. go, it's actually not, I just, it just doesn't feel good. I think that's when it comes no. down to it. Like, if I'm not truthful, yes, to other people, but mostly to myself, I realize, like, it doesn't feel good. And if it doesn't feel good, um, it means, like, I don't want to continue to repeat that. So the next time it happens, I'm going to stop it right there. And then I'm just going to, and this can be, you know, the lies that we tell ourselves internally. Um, If it's the internal dialogue, we're not always aware that it's happening. Right. But, um, you know, but when you are, when you do catch yourself, like, 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 in a like catch yourself in a lie, um, just go, like, just like stop and go, Whoa, that's actually, it's actually not how it happened or that's not what i believe like like that's a good one too you know telling yourself a lie that you actually don't believe and um or until now you have believed it but now you want to make a conscious decision to uh not invest in that lie anymore and you can and there are lies that we all tell ourselves myself like lies mm-hmm. i've been telling myself for like decades maybe um yes and, <laughs> yeah like you yeah. see it like you know what uh, and this is identity. You know, this is like a big part of changing your identity is actually recognizing mm. 
that um, there are lies that you've been telling yourself or to other people, but the truth is something that's so, you know, I mean, if the truth sets you free, well, I mean, I think the truth certainly makes you feel good, you know, and it makes you feel like um, that's where like, I think a big part of my spirituality comes forward is when I'm just being honest and in like it builds integrity, if anything. Yeah, it does. Because yeah. um, people know if you're honest, right? And honesty yeah. builds trust. And trust yeah. to me is like the number one thing. I want people to trust me, like in, in work, in my relationships, everything, right? So if I'm doing things kind of, even if they don't know about it, and I'm doing things behind the scenes and, you know, telling lies or doing this and that. Well, you know, I used to tell myself, oh, it doesn't matter because they don't know what I'm doing or, you know, but then I realized, well, wait a minute, maybe they don't know what I'm doing, but I know, isn't that, isn't that even worse? Like, you know, so you really yeah. gotta, and look, I know we're not always like 100% honest, truthful with ourselves or with each other, but, um, you know, you've got to make a conscious effort, like, and you've got to be, um, ready to change always be ready to change like every day every moment you know um and uh, uh that way you know like if you if you can commit to um like changing yourself just like like what like try to become one percent better every day or every week whatever it is but just like one percent better um in everything right um eventually you're gonna be like you're gonna I guess master yourself. You're going to achieve whatever greatness it is that you're you're going for, um, and that's just one of my I, mean, I call it a policy. But it's I want to make myself one percent better at everything that I'm doing gradually, right? So yeah, yeah. part of that's yeah. honest. Yeah. So that yeah. Well, it, I, I always think the lies that you tell yourself do the most damage because you know once you start believing them, they become self beliefs. Then they become the narrative, then they become control structures, and then off we go. And sometimes, when you uh, catch yourself out, one of the things I'll ask myself is, What motivated that? Mm. So, if I can understand the motivation for it, then I can identify something that might need work on, or just just acknowledging some, some things when you just acknowledge it. it it's sort of it can't hide once it's out of the shadows it can't hide from you so you can see it more so when you feel yourself about to do it you you give yourself a different option whereas when we're just operating from that sort of unconscious without thought mindless way that's where sometimes we can see our underbelly sometimes it's meant to happen so you can see it you know but those lies we tell ourselves they can they can create a whole heap of baggage and we don't realize that we're the creator. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. Yeah. I think sure. that's one of the things for taking on full self-responsibility because that feels, to me, that feels what's really important to you and it is to me as well, is that is to acknowledge when you're the crea your own creator of something that doesn't really fit, in my terminology, with my soul. You know what I mean? Like so if I'm if I'm telling myself lies or even you know, protecting a denial or in resistance to something, you know, that that's not really me coming from my natural soul. So I identify that and then, okay, there's something to look at, to reflect upon. Yeah. That's <laughs> Thank a very you, Scott. Yeah, I'm glad I, yeah. Glad I chose, uh, chose that page. Yeah, no, it's good. So um, I like it too. So thank you for being here and I appreciate sure. your time and um
Um, good luck with all the rest of your books and all your adventures. All right, you too. And thanks everybody for listening.